find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. Hello, I'm Anthony William, and you're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. As I've always said, who has 10, 20, 30 years to wait for answers? Because when you're sick and you don't feel good, regardless of whatever whatever the diagnosis is or non-diagnosis or wrong diagnosis or misdiagnosis, whatever it is, if you're sick and you're not feeling good, whether you got an answer that could almost be right, maybe it's not right, maybe it is, doesn't matter. You don't feel good. And when you don't feel good, that's not good. I mean, what I mean by that is for people who have problems and they're more than just a sniffle, more than just, you know, they catch a cold once a year, you know, twice a year, more than just that. You know, that's the whole thing. I mean, people get miserable when they catch a flu. They get catch, you know, they catch the flu. So there are sinuses, their throat, sore throat, sinuses are running. They get the cough. They're coughing. They go to the doctor. It's just, you know, they're miserable for a little while. They're getting bad night sleeps, getting post-nasal drip for a while, and all that is miserable. What about the people? What about the people who are chronically ill? And chronically ill, they got, they got you know, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, ME. They got, you know, they got all kinds of different things going on. What if it's not just that? What if they got um, a goiter? What if they got uh, different symptoms, dizzy? They got brain fog, severe brain fog, and they live with it every single day. What if it's more than that? What if they have physical pain in random, strange places in the body? That too. I mean... I've seen it all out there, and I know what's out there now. People hurt in different places. It's not just the knees, not just the feet. I mean, they hurt in the most you know random places in the body. No, no information to what's going on, what's really wrong. Been through all the testing, been through everything, seen dozens of doctors and professionals, you name it. And what about the people that are dealing with you know, chronic infections and things like that too, that actually, you know, skin infections and... All kinds of stuff, um, just chronic sinusitis, but really debilitating kind, chronic migraines, migraines, headaches, everything, eye problems, ear problems. People out there, they're, they're, you know, you guys know, you guys know, and it's not an easy life when you're not feeling good. It's not easy at all. Compassion is not something that's just out there so easily to grab onto and get, so you know, compassion towards the sick is doesn't isn't really out there. I hate to say it, but it's 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 kind of not. It's kind of not. Yeah, there's there's a lot of charities and you know there's fundraisers for different things out there for for diseases and illnesses and good causes, of course. But you know, there's not a lot of that. Hey, look, we're gonna do something about this. Hey, there's not a lot of that kindness for how many people are sick. If you really want to know how many people are sick with something that's more than just a headache once in a blue moon from a little stress or whatever, if you want to know, it's most of the country. It's most of the country at this point. Guess what? It's going to get a lot worse, a lot worse. We're talking about COPD today, so just hang in there. We're we're getting there. It's just we're 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 <laughs> there's a reason why I'm talking about this cuz we're heading into COPD. Hang in there. 
This is the only show, just so you know, where the information here doesn't come from medical interest groups. It's not repackaged, regarbled. It's not repackaged, recycled theory constantly in every single book out there right now in the medical realm, alternatively and conventionally. It's not recycled. It's not repackaged and just rewritten and thrown back out there with bogus studies and everything else and citations of bogus studies. This information is free from all of that, thank God, because that's why I've been able to get people better over the last 35 years and even more since I was four years old. So it's not backed by you know medical funding with strings attached. It's not, it's not attached to this information. It's clean. There's no botched research, interest groups, and investors investing in something. So the outcome comes a certain way. Newsflash, it's like that in all fields of chronic illness and medicine at this point. Sorry, but it is. And so it doesn't have that contamination, that botched research. It doesn't have the whole thing with the medical lobbyists behind it. Internal kickbacks. Yeah, internal kickbacks. You wouldn't believe the money that's constantly changing hands all through alternative medicine. Alternative medicine and conventional medicine. Persuaded belief systems, which poisons everything. Persuaded belief systems is like this whole thing where it becomes you don't want to know the truth because you're saturated in a belief system. Someone doesn't want to know the truth. Someone doesn't want to be open to the truth because they're saturated in a belief system. I can't tell you what that does and gets in the way. And this is why people are still sick and not getting better. And it's why people are getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Private panels of influencers. Yeah, they're there. Health field payoffs and trendy traps. Those trendy traps. Oh, my God. Look out for them. There's a new one each year. And <laughs> you'll get sucked into it. You'll get funneled into it. You'll get pulled into it. You'll get tricked by it. That's right. You better believe it. Whether anybody likes it or not, it's just a fact, Jack. Um, this is the only show where the information here is pure, untampered with, advanced, clean source. So I work for you. I work for you. I'm not sitting here trying to be sarcastic and mean about everything. I'm not sitting here trying to say, oh, ho, 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 my information, all the other information out there. No, it's from a pure, unclean source. And don't you want that? Don't you want that? Because I would, I would, if I was just out there and, and I wasn't Anthony William and I wasn't given this gift at age four and spent my whole life getting people better, including the thousands and thousands and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people now. We're at the point right now, we're in the millions of people that have the books and have the information in the millions globally and they're healing. Hundreds of thousands of people, are, their lives are being turned around and they're healing. Unlike anything seen in alternative medicine ever before in history is what's going on. Just so you know, that's happening right now. Thanks to spirit and thanks to you. Thanks to everybody involved here. It's incredible. So, so here's the whole point. Wouldn't, want, wouldn't you want that pure, untampered source of information that's not dirtied up by all that other garbage I just mentioned? Yes. So we're, <laughs> I would want it. I'm sorry, but I would want that. So we're talking about COPD. Now, what I was saying earlier is that everybody's getting sick. Yes, everybody's getting sick. They're getting a diagnosis. You go into, I'm not just talking about people that are in their 40s and 50s and they got some hypertension and they got some heart disease, you know, cooking or they had a stroke, which is still, most strokes are actually mystery to all doctors. Would, all of this, would it, I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about people in their 20s. I'm talking about people in their 30s. I'm talking about people in their teens, teenagers, talking about little kids and little ones. 
getting sick like never before in human history. Just so you know, never before in human history. I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know the truth. I'm letting you know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you there. I said this in one of the other shows that years ago, I knew that life expectancy was declining. I knew that it was all, it was all, you know, it was all declining. I knew how long you live was declining, but it was ignored. No one was doing any studies. No one was doing, I knew, I knew, of course. And doesn't mean the studies would even come out right. Because if they want to hide that, that everybody's getting sicker and not healthier, if they want to hide that, they can easily. All you have to do is have somebody invest into the study and boom, it goes the direction they need to go or an investor will never invest in it again and a study will never happen for that person who wanted to do the study. Career over, done. So what happens is they all come in, you know, so they've been saying, oh, we live longer, we're living longer. I've been watching it decline since the 80s, been watching it decline since the 90s, been watching the health decline in, in, in the U.S. since the 2000s. And now just recently, recently it got out because it was it was impossible to hide it. We're starting to drop. They're starting to say, well, no, life doesn't go as long as we thought it is now. It's starting to drop. The numbers are dropping. You, you don't, you know, life average isn't this number anymore. It's coming down because you can't hide it. You can't hide it. There's millions and millions of doctor's offices globally being filled up and filled up and filled up. And it's like it's never before in history have been like this. And the young people, the young people, I've said this before. I've written it in the book one, Medical Medium. Okay, 17, the, r- r- roughly around this number, 17 out of 100 college students go home and don't come back, not because they're disinterested in their work, not because they don't want to be interested in their studies, not because they don't want to be in school, not because they want to change course or direction in their life. Roughly around 17 out of 100 college students go home because they're done. They're done. They're in bed, can't function, barely can function and talk, getting diagnoses left and right of MS and Lyme disease and everything else, and nobody knows what's going on, being told they're just being lazy, being told that they're brain fogged, maybe they just need a, a drug, going to different doctors, and they're done. That's it, not going back to school. And most of them women, most of them women, young women, that don't end up going back to college. And then all the other reindeer just moving forward. They watch all the reindeer moving forward. They have to sit back watching their old friends move on with their careers. And it's not that they're not getting sick either. Most people are in this day and age getting things wrong with them constantly, nonstop. No one wants to check into that on how kids have to go home because they're getting vertigo, chronic vertigo. And they're, they're getting dizzy, balance problems, severe, severe, severe debilitating brain fog, fatigue, neurological fatigue that I talk about all the time. And that's it. Gone home, no finishing school. No one cares. No one cares in the industries. No one cares. The parents care. The parents care. No one cares. No one else. The parents and the families of these children, most of them care, of course, and whatnot. But I'm just saying, the industry doesn't care. Whatever whatever. And so that's how it works. So is, is things getting better? No, I've been watching it. It's not. I used to be in the, I used to sit in the nursing homes to visit clients all through the years. 
and I, I see younger people filing into those nursing homes like never before. Younger, younger, younger people, younger people, younger people. It is unbelievable. And that's what we live with now. And that's what we're living with now. But hey, whatever. And I say whatever because you know what? <laughs> the industry the industry just doesn't care. They'll just pass it off to genetics pretty soon completely. Every single disease is genetic. If it's not your body attacking itself, which is bull, it's going to be the genetic theory, another theory. This is how it's done out there. They're not going to go into viruses really deep because you know what's going to happen if they go into viruses really deep? If they understand the 60 varieties, the over 60 varieties now of Epstein-Barr that I talk about in thyroid healing and book one, medical medium, if they start actually trying to figure out any of the information that I've been providing all these years, if they even go into it, there's going to be hell to pay. And I'll tell you why. Because every mom out there, every mother and every grandmother is going to want something done about it because they know they would know what's going down because these viruses are out here and being ignored and there's going to be hell to pay. Mama bear, mama bear with her children, knowing that her children have been affected by a virus like Epstein-Barr and no one cares and they're not doing anything about it and they want to pass it off as all this other junk medicine and junk studies and everything else. You wouldn't believe the hell to pay. If the information really got out there and really got out there, somebody would have to be held accountable. And that's, this is the prime example. So anyway, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about COPD and, and you're probably wondering, well, he's not getting the COPD yet. I'm talking about this because COPD, COPD has doubled since the eighties as far as cases. Now <clears throat> they say out there it's doubled since the eighties. It's more than doubled. Okay, so my source says it's way more than doubled. It's not doubled. It's tripled since the 80s. Tripled since the 80s, COPD. So because there's a lot of levels of COPD that are not diagnosed properly of CD. And it's also the, the, they don't, when when they look into those things, they're just averaged out and they're not even done right. But there's so many cases of beginner COPD. And they're not even added into it. And also, you know, they also do this weird thing where they just don't throw every COPD case into the numbers. They throw the smokers in and they leave others out. (laughs) That's what they do. So they say, well, it's doubled since the 80s. Actually, you know, it's tripled and even going past that. So how is that possible? How is that possible? I thought we're getting better in medicine. I thought we're getting better. I mean, we are. We got laser surgery. We got different you know, great techniques. We got great brain surgeons, even though, hey, we're still, we're still like, you know, like a grain of rice compared to a silo of rice is in knowledge and brain knowledge, but we still got some great brain surgeons. We can transplant a few different organs. I mean, you know, we got a lot going on, and we got a lot of good going on, but why are we here? With everything getting worse to the degree it's getting worse. What's my predictions? What's my predictions? Which always come out true. What are they? It's going to get a lot worse than this. It's going to get a lot and a lot worse. Because when you look at where the experts are going, including the alternative health experts with their books and everything else, and you look at what they're doing and what they're putting out there and what they're writing, we're not, we're, we're not getting anything done. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. And then you look, you look at, you know, the information that's out there in the internet and like, okay, we're not going anywhere there. 
you, you look at, I mean, it's not in conventional medicine. We're not going anywhere there. We're not cleaning up the mess. We're not cleaning up the viral mess that's taken over the world and the country here, this country here. We're not looking, we're not figuring out what the real cause of lupus is. We don't, no one cares. No one cares what the real cause of lupus is. We do. No one else does in the industries, meaning nobody, doctors care, but nobody, a lot of doctors care, but nobody above that. The people that pull the strings and pull the, pull the strings and make the moves up there. So you have to understand, you have to understand that this is, this is a serious thing going on where I predict sickness to come even more and more and more. And when I see the genetic stuff coming out where it's all, oh, it's your genes. Let's do, you know, let's theorize about it's your genes. That's why you're sick. That means we're getting nowhere because nothing's going to be fixed. Nothing, nothing's going to be fixed. Sure. You know, we could do the high fat trendy diets, take away processed food. And people can get better with some of their symptoms and call it an autoimmune diet when they don't even know what autoimmune is. That's what I love. Here's, here's, here's something that's really, really disturbing, and I love to talk about it because I try, to, I try to get people to know and learn. And you got the whole autoimmune thing going on out there. So you get all this information. You get all these books, autoimmune this, autoimmune that. And they don't know how autoimmune works or what causes it or what causes any autoimmune diseases. That's what I'm saying. So do you think we're going to get healthier? No. Yeah, outside of pulling out processed food and cleaning up your diet and people improving their lives a little bit, doing more exercise, and you know those kinds of things can help. But we're still getting sicker faster, younger ages, rampant pace, going forward like never before in that. And what you're seeing in the literature out there now and everything is not even close. I mean, here we are in this year. It, another decade going to go by. Another decade's going to go by. And no one still knows what even autoimmune means except for Spirit and I. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. So what's my prediction? Lots and lots of sickness like never before with bogus theories such as the autoimmune theory, which is completely wrong, such as the genetic theory, which is completely wrong. I'm not, not denying we don't have genes and how important they are and the mysteries involved in it. But it, it has nothing to do with the chronic illness that we're seeing with people suffering today. And it has nothing to do with COPD because they're passing off non-smokers with COPD into the genetic category. That's what they're doing. You, you see how it's going? You see what I mean? how it's going and what direction it is, they're passing that off to the genetic theory. Because if it's not somebody who obviously smoked and puffed all those, all those heavy-duty cigarettes their whole life, if it's not that person, and you didn't do that, I didn't, you know, you go to the doctor, I, how can I have COPD? I mean, his lung problems, I thought it was just asthma, and how, how am I having this COPD? I never smoked. And they're just, no, well, science and research and studies say, ooh, it's, it's genetic now. You got it. It's your genes. Oh, my God, dear Lord. We're so going nowhere to decades to come and decades to come. It's really sad. It's really sad. Not, not well, you know, this is what's going on with your lung sacs. This is the virus behind your lung sacs. This is the bacteria behind your lung sacs. This is, this is your lymphatic system condition. This is what's going on inside your liver. This is what's really happening here. None of that. No, you won't hear any of that. You won't hear any of that. There, there, nothing like that. It won't even exist. 
it won't even exist. Instead of to be like, no, it's, it's, look, we just got to get you on all the medications. And look, some medications sustain people's lives when they, and that's the, that's the good part of conventional medicine sometimes. Some medications do help and sustain people's lives with COPD, oxygen tanks, you name it. But it's like, it's like, okay, it's just, no, it's genetic if you didn't actually damage your lungs with some kind of chemicals or whatever. So, and that's where we are. We're nowhere. It's called nowhere. Absolutely nowhere is what it's called. And what year is it? You think we're in modern times? You think that we're, you know, where it's going on the bet? Look, it is amazing what computer technology can do and tech in the tech world can do. It's absolutely astounding and amazing. Absolutely. But that goes ahead. That's moving ahead of what we do for sickness and chronic illness. That's just moving way ahead in a different field versus understanding what's wrong with people and their sickness and their diseases and illnesses and all their symptoms. That, that, that's, enti- that's not even you – don't, you don't get fooled by that when you think, look, look where the tech world is going. When you're young and you feel indestructible and you don't have symptoms, a lot of symptoms that are you know, in the way of your life. And, and you're, you know, using the tech world. You're like, oh yeah, we have science down pat right now. We got genetic technology down. We got everything down pat. We just, just listen to your doctors, listen to science. When any peer reviews out there, let's listen to it. You think, you think it's all there. You start getting sick. You learn fast. You learn fast after you've been to your fifth doctor. You start learning quick. When you start giving that, oh, you're it's genetic, or well, we don't know what it is. Oh, no, you you got Lyme, even though you were never exposed to a tick. Oh, you got this. Oh, you got that. It it you start learning quick. Oh, wait, what's my treatment? It's just antibiotics. Wait a minute, what's my treatment? It's just it's just immunosuppressive and antibiotics. So what's wrong? I've been sick for two years. What do you mean? I was doing great. I was on top of the world a little while. I'm 28 years old. What what's my treatment? Isn't there better knowledge out there than this? I've been to five doctors, eight doctors, ten neurologists. What do you mean? My, 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 my phone, my computer phone does everything. It's got every emoji there is in the world, and it's got every ability to tech this and do this and talk to this person and live chat this and do all this. And look, you know what I mean? I work at this, you know, I work at this company and they got the best everything and you wouldn't believe it. You just, they, they scan your retina and you walk through the door. You don't even need a card hanging off your neck and you can't, you, and I'm chronically ill and I got fatigue and I can't function anymore. What's wrong with me? I got SIBO. What? I got bacteria in my intestinal tract. What's going on? I got, what, what's wrong? And I can't function. I can't think. And I got brain fog. Why aren't we fixing all this? How is this possible? And that's what happens to every single person who believes we have it all sewed up when they're feeling pretty good and they're young and they believe and they don't have a lot of life experience and they believe we have it all sewed up and then bam. And it's happening more and more years ago. It was just, you know, it was just so many people in their in their 20s and their late teens. Now it's truckloads and busloads and train loads. And they're learning. A hard, hard way, hard knocks, and they're learning. Wait a minute, there's no answers. And and I've been to the best functional medicine doctor. I've spent fifty, eighty thousand dollars, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars, and I don't have answers. You know, it, it's 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 unbelievable the amount of information Spirit and I gave people that came to me over the years was. More information 
than they can get anywhere else, even today, right now, anywhere. And they had not only the answers, but they recovered if they applied themselves to what spirit wanted. They recovered. And thousands have and thousands are now just with the books alone and everything else. And I've had to dedicate my life to these books. And now I can't, I can't work with, with anybody anymore. And it breaks my heart that it can't. But I put it all in the books. And if you read them carefully and you bring them to your practitioners or you bring them to people that can read it for you if you can't read it, you will find your way and heal. You will find your way and heal. And if you have to bring it to a practitioner to interpret it, you bring it to a practitioner to interpret it. And whatever you need to do. But things are getting bad out there, and the answers have to come, and people have to get the answers. And tech and tech and computers and everything we got going out right now, and genes and the theories in the medical world and the technology we have and the best cars we have isn't providing the answers in the health realm for people. It is the wild west out there in the internet. It is the wild west in the books out there. And it's and they're still avoiding trying to even look into what's going on. And when they do try to grab a little tidbit because it gets popular, because because a popular popularized, can't say that word, some of the things like Epstein Barr and other things, they take a little piece of it. And they don't want more than that. So people still get confused and go down the wrong road and down a trap. It's unbelievable. COPD reminds me of this because when you have COPD and you're told it's genetic and you didn't smoke. And if you had it when you smoked too, I mean, that's there's people out there that smoke their whole lives and don't get COPD. And then there's people who smoke and get it quick at, with, with a fraction of their life smoking. And there's a reason for this. Everybody's different. Everybody's different to what degree or what can trigger it, what, how it can get to the point it gets to, what happens. And it, it's unbelievable how it works. The, uh, you know, so the whole point with COPD is that people, they struggle, they get beaten down by it. There's no answers out there, and we're going to cover that right now. That's what we're going to do. So let's talk about bacteria and viruses. Because that's, that's where I'm heading now. COPD is not only tripling, but in, in about, I'd say about another decade, 10 years, maybe 15, coming on 15, it's going to quadruple. But it's going to hit the youth. It's going to hit the youth. It's going to hit the young people. And it's going to hit the people in their 20s and 30s. And it's going to be the first time, the first time in history, I mean, there, there is some random rare cases of, of already that happening, but it's going to be a wave of hitting people in their 20s and 30s. COPD, something that we think about for 80-year-olds who've smoked their whole life. That, those days are gone. Those days are gone. The 80-year-olds that smoked their whole life, meaning those days about COPD are gone. It's not also the 58-year-old either. You know, the young 58-year-old or the young 50-year-old which is, you know, happening all the time with COPD, it's moving, it's going to move into the 30s and 20s. That's why I'm doing the show. I'm doing the show for all reasons, you know, for people that are older, people that are, but the people that are younger to come. So what's going to happen? It's always going to be blamed on the genetic factor because people are smoking less and less and less. So we're, we're phasing out the smoking crowd. We're phasing out that crowd. 
there's always going to be a crowd that also, you know, they they breathe in a lot of smoke. They they have fireplaces running all time. They live in certain areas of the world. They have, you know, their wood-burning stoves, but wood-burning stoves, you know, also release still a lot of smoke. When you have to open it, throw more wood in it and close it, there's always the smoke factor going on. Um, if you live near an industrial area or an industrial city or something like that and you're, and you're living in that, you might be on the downdraft, some serious, you know, some serious um, gases and smoke and toxic fumes and stuff like that. That can happen. A lot of that, that can be a big part of COPD for a lot of people. So that you got all that going on too. You got the whole environmental thing. And then like I talked about in the environmental show, where in the ag land, conventional ag land all across the country, all over the country, conventional ag land, pick a state, pick a state, and it's it's happening there. They, there's there's something called row covers. If you've ever gardened you, you buy a row cover, if you ever garden and buy a row cover, row cover goes, you know, on your garden bed and your plants can grow up through it. So, you know, you, you get a hole in there and the area and the plant grows through it, it keeps the weeds down. Well, row covers are used in conventional agriculture and in, in, in not when you see conventional agricultural um, photos and everything like that, you won't see the row covers but they're there in conventional growing. They're there. I noticed that they, you usually see the field when it's all green and, you know, all the different cabbage heads are sticking out, you know, as far as like green revolution stuff and conventional farming. And, you know, you see broccoli going miles and miles and miles. And you, you just, you, you know, you see it, but you don't see any row covers. You don't see any row covers. But, but they were there. They were there and most likely removed or... Um, some don't use them, but for the majority, they are used, these row covers. And what happens is, here's what goes on. The fields all get sprayed with pesticides, mercury-laden pesticides, copper, cop, dangerous copper-laden pesticides, neuroantagonists, all chemical, neuroantagonist chemicals all in the pesticides, dangerous ones, or skull and crossbones on all the pesticide herbicide, rodenticide, fungicide, larvicide um, containers. So you got the skull and crossbones. You got the, it's literally, it means death. If you go near that thing and you don't have a hazmat suit on and you're loaded and you're opening that can, you can die. That's why that's on there like that. If the can rolled over and dumped, the big can rolled over and dumped and it hits your legs, you're dead. That's why there's a skull and crossbone on there. So they have to take that, dilute it with water, fill it into all the tractors and the big, and the big, you know, um, containers on the tractors. And they got all the sprayers and the, you know, all the hydraulic sprayers and everything. And they're spraying the fields if they don't do it by planes. They don't do it by planes as much, and, and they do it mostly by tractors. And all that pesticide is going on the row covers. It's all going on the road, saturating the row covers, saturating the row covers all year long or all during that growing period, whether it's three months or two months or five months, depending on what they're growing and what they're doing. And then they get, when they, when they harvest, after they harvest, they gather all the row covers, it's all plastic. And they pile it up in gigantic mounds in every state, in every part of the country. And they burn it. They throw fuel on it and they burn it. And this is one reason why COPD is worsening at this point. It's worsening at this point because of this reason right here. And this is like a like an unbelievable illegal way of doing things, but they all do it. 
and it's usually protected by hands, you know, people passing money along under the table. But it's it's far worse than any car pollution. It's far worse than some of the factories that are spewing out crap out of the top of those factories and industrial sections of the world. It is actually worse. It's it's these massive plumes of smoke. And why wouldn't anybody see this? Because it's called the white smoke. So it's it's just the burning plastic. And the plastics are mostly white. Mostly white. So it's a white smoke that goes up in the air. And it just burn and they burn it everywhere, all over the country. And what are they doing? They're making us sick. And no one's allowed to go near it, no, meaning no one's allowed to learn about it, no one's allowed to understand it, no one's allowed to do anything. It's a, it's a, it's a practice that it, it makes the GMO thing look ridiculous, look ridiculous. You couldn't even imagine. And, you know, and, and when they, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And that's what's happening in the country. That's actually part of why COPD is on the rise. So we have to protect yourself so we can get around that. It's, it's why asthma is on the rise like never before. It's part of why asthma is on the rise like never before. And other lung problems are on the rise like never before. Like never before. So what happens here is that we have these lung problems and different reasons why and varieties of why. If you have a bacterial infection that's chronically in the lung, which is strep, strep can get in the lung, all these different varieties of strep, all these different varieties, so many mutations at this point. And we take antibiotics and it mutates it more and take the antibiotics it mutates it more, makes the strep stronger, 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 stronger. That could lead to a COPD case. We can have underlying thing is strep. They'll never know. They'll never, they can't tell. They can cut a piece of your lung out and they're still not going to find it. Because no one cares, so the study and the, the, the money's not going there. The money's going into genes. Medicine is, is at a drought point right now. It's at a drought point. That means that anything productive in medicine to move people f forward in chronic illness is dried up. The wells are dried up, and money can't be dumped into anything anymore unless it's bogus alternative interest groups wanting to fund a trendy concept to confuse people more. And then, you know, and that, that's, that's, that's a different situation. Those aren't drying up. They come out all the time. But in conventional medicine, the well has dried up. It all has to funnel to genes. So any money involved has to go into genetic technology, cloning and everything else. And just, but you know, whatever, it has to just all be genetic, no matter what the case or what the direction is. And so, you know, there's no money in cutting out a piece of lung and figuring out what bacteria is what's causing the problem. Or in the case of viruses, it's a lot of different herpetic viruses that get also into the lung area through the lymphatic system. So there's a lot of Epstein-Barrs, different varieties of Epstein-Barr. Not everybody with Epstein-Barr is going to have one thing or another. Just so you know, a lot of people with Epstein-Barr, they'll have chronic fatigue. A lot of, they'll have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. They'll have RA. There's different varieties of Epstein-Barr, something that medical science and research has no idea about whatsoever until I came out with the information. There's over 60 varieties of Epstein-Barr. And so, and there will be more varieties as they mutate and they grow. So move forward. So anyway, the bottom line is, I say so a lot. Sorry about that. The bottom line is, that we get, we can get a viral infection inside the lymphatic system. It comes out of the liver, so the viruses sit inside the liver. So your Epstein Barr will sit inside your liver. HHV six will sit inside the liver. HHV seven, <clears throat> HHV seven, um, undiscovered HHV ten, undiscovered HHV eleven, undiscovered HHV twelve, thirteen, fourteen, undiscovered HHV fifteen, undiscovered HH 
16. And, and their subgroups, meaning their mutations. So what happens is these viruses sit inside people's livers. They move into the lymphatic system over time, over the years. It's different types of, types of herpetic viruses. They create mucus in the lymphatic system. And when they create mucus and a backlog of mucus continuously, it causes oxygen problems, meaning the whole thing with oxygen switching off of carbon dioxide just to get the oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange in the lung, in the lung tissue, in the lung sac. So you got the oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange. It, it, it creates mucus. Mucus gets in the way of that exchange. So then you get this, these viral, these viruses that produce a lot of gunk and junk and byproduct, not necessarily neurotoxins, because there's different varieties of viruses. You got the HHV-10s, like I said, and you got different ones, and you got HHV-6. And, and so what happens is, and some of these people with COPD now, they do have neurotoxic symptoms too that I always talk about from Epstein-Barr's and everything else. So they're getting multiple symptoms. They got the neuropathy. They got the neuralgia, neuropathy. They got different things going on. They got fibromyalgia and they got COPD. They got aches and pains. So it, it all does come out in the end. But the whole point is you got this viral stuff that's never going to get researched ever. And then you got the bacterial stuff like the streptococcal, streptococcal and streptococcus. And you got that going on. So the streps and the different kinds of streps sit in the lungs itself and sit in the lung sacs. When they sit in the lung sacs, they're, they're, they're actually creating the lung damage. And then, and then also Epstein-Barr's tend to also get into lungs too. They leave the lymphatic vessels and they, they get up into the lungs and they create lung scarring. So, you know, the scars in lungs and create little cysts and little pockets and little scars and they do lung scarring. It's all a mystery to research and science. They don't know how all that scarring happens. They don't know how all the lung cysts happen, happen. you know, the non-cancerous ones and everything else. They don't even know how the cancerous ones happen. But it's like, and, and what happens is that, you know, all this is from viral and bacterial stuff. So when you're, when you're breathing in these white plumes of smoke environmentally that are in just are they're everywhere and no one knows about it. No one knows about it. It's just blowing around. That can trick because there's pesticides in that white plume of smoke coming off those row covers. All those skull and bone pesticides I was talking about that are saturated on the row covers. So when they burn them, they're they're creating new chemicals, new chemicals through burning those pesticides on the plastics. And when you breathe that in and you got the viruses and you got the lymphatic mucus and everything else, it just, it just feeds it. Those chemicals feed it because you breathe it in and it's going into the lung, just like somebody smoking a cigarette, going into the lung and then feeding any kind of bacteria, virus, or pathogen. And then more, more scar tissue occurs, more lung sac damage. And then not only that, mucus, lots of mucus forming everywhere. Then take the foods. People want to eat dairy. They want to eat cheese. The new longevity food, cheese. It's a new longevity food. Sure. Yeah, I'll buy into that one. Cheese feeds every virus and pathogen in the book. And this is the bottom line. I don't care how, you know, how it was raised, how the animal was raised or anything like that or harvested. The cheese, I mean, the, I, don't, I don't care how everything was done. But the bottom line is, so you got the cheese, you got the milk, 
you got the dairy, you got all that. You can't do that with COPD. So one thing you have to do, I would even go plant-based with COPD. I wouldn't even do an animal protein because when it comes down to your lungs, you don't want to mess around. You just don't want to mess around. It's a lot of people that will, they'll give up a certain thing. They'll give up, they'll give up something. They'll give up something. But there are people now with COPD because it's a new generation of COPD. That's a new generation. It's a younger generation and they tend to give up more. In the older days, I remember in the 80s and the 90s, early 2000s, in the older days, people with COPD, they, they're, you know, the chain smokers and really old and all that was going on. And they would smoke to the end. They would smoke to the end. Even with COPD, it doesn't matter. You have an oxygen tank at the same time. You're smoking while on oxygen. That was, that, that's, that's how it was done. That's how it was done. Now we got a lot of younger people now and the world's changed a little bit better for the all kinds of reasons. And the, you know, and, and, and younger people are like, well, I'm going to quit smoking. So they do throw their cigarettes away. And then you got the young people that are told it's genes because they don't know anything. I just described to you just earlier about COPD. So they don't know anything about it. So they, so they just throw the gene thing at you. And those people, they tend to, they tend to, you know, they, they will change something. If you tell them to change something, they will eat better. I, with COPD, I wouldn't even mess around. I would go at hundred percent plant-based, 100% plant-based is what I would do. Even if it means you're high fat plant-based, even if it means you're eating too many avocados, too many nuts and seeds, too many oils, <laughs> you're eating you're eating, you know, even if it means you're eating something, you know, you're eating quinoa, even if it means you're eating quinoa, even if it means, you know, which is actually, is isn't the worst grain at all. And somebody out there is going to say, oh, it's not a grain. It's a seed. Everything's a seed. So here's the thing. So here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, everything's a seed, even if it won't grow, even if a seed won't grow, it's a seed. Even if it won't grow, just so you know, don't get that confused. That was something that's been going around. But um, quinoa, like even if it's quinoa, even if it's millet, even if they're eating millet every day and oatmeal every day, you're better off doing that than eating an animal product with COPD. I'm not trying to rip down the animal product world or rip down. I know many of you, you're doing animal proteins. That's not what it's about. If you have COPD, you just want to get rid of the animal proteins. Way too heavy on the liver way too heavy on the liver because the more bogged down the liver is, the more lymphatic system is going to get bogged down, the more mucus is going to be caused, the more mucus is going to form and go up through the lymphatic system, push up into the lungs, and it's just not going to help. That's one reason. The other reason is the more animal products you eat, I'm just saying like meat, chicken, even fish, turkey, whatever, the more you eat of that or pork, the less room you have for the foods that we're going to talk about next that restore lung sacs. Here's, here's how it works. Here's how it works. Um, you know, I'm not on anybody's side with the food diets, but I'm going to tell you what happens here. With animal protein, it doesn't fix things. It doesn't hurt things in many ways. In some ways it does, but it doesn't fix things, just so you know. What's fixing anything is everything else you're eating. So when you got all these different autoimmune uh, diets and they're all filled with animal protein and everything else, what's f helping the person, what's helping them at all is they got rid of all the garbage, number one. 
Number two, it, they're making room for a green juice. They're making room. If you know, they got rid of so much garbage that they have room for a smoothie, even if it's not the right kind of smoothie. They got room for a green juice. They got room for more cucumbers. They got room for salads, green salads. They got room for these things. Those are the things that heal damaged lungs. I'm not saying I have something against the animal protein for you if you're really sold on it. I'm just saying I would get rid of it 100%. One, if, if, if it was me, I would get rid of it 100%. Gone. Gone. If I, had, if I was somebody eating animal protein with COPD. Because you know what it is? When you take, you got to take your lungs serious. You need every antioxidant, every antioxidant you can possibly get in any way, shape, or form. Anthocyanins, undiscovered antioxidants. There's hundreds and hundreds of undiscovered antioxidants in foods that aren't animal products that you need to restore your lungs. You need melons to restore your lungs. You need melons. You need papaya to store your restore your lungs. Foods are critical. You need berries. You need wild blueberries to restore your lungs. If you're busy eating an egg breakfast or you're busy having a turkey sausage breakfast, healthy turkey sausage, and you don't have your wild blueberries, you just lost an opportunity to restore your lungs. Just lost an opportunity to restore your lungs. Plus, it's just too, it's too much high fat. On top of it, way too much high fat. And that doesn't help your lungs either because it burdens down your liver. Here's the thing. The higher fat that's in your bloodstream, so if you're going to do all animal products when you have COPD, when you do high fat, which is animal products, if you do really high fat, and if you're vegan or vegetarian, you can do high fat too. If you're vegetarian, you could have tons of oils. Yeah, I've known vegetarians are dumping all the sesame oil. They're just cook, they're cooking their vegetarian dish, and they dump a whole, you know, like ounces of sesame oil in there. And it's filled with sesame oil, and they got they got lots of tofu in there, which is which has a lot of fat in tofus. There's a lot, there's a high volume of fat, soy oil in there, soybean oil in there. So they got that, and then you know, with with all that, with all that, they even have you know, they even have dairy. They even have they throw goat's milk in there, and they throw whatever, and so this large amount of fat. And that's not good. So when you're talking about animal protein eaters too, meaning just we're all big in animal protein, so much fat, what happens is it gets rid of your oxygen in your blood. What I'm saying is it minimizes your blood oxygen. The whole point is keeping that oxygen getting into your blood and having that carbon dioxide transfer. That's the whole point. So when your diet is high in fat, you can't do that anymore. You're losing oxygen. So you go plant-based 100%. Even if it's higher fat plant-based, it's still, it'll still give you more oxygen in the bloodstream. You go plant-based 100%. And you need room for the right foods. You need room for peppermint tea, ginger tea, garlic, onions. You need room to be hydrated with a little coconut water. You need room to be hydrated with lemon water. You need the melons, the berries. You need lots of apples. You need the papaya, you need the mangoes to help with the, the carotenoids to help restore the lung tissue. The antioxidants, the, the amount of beta carotene, carotenoids, and antioxidants, all of that, and the pigments in there that are loaded with antioxidants that they don't even study yet because you can't break them down. They're not, they're, it's not something you can separate and break down easy. You need a lot of money and a lot of science and research and a lot of real, honest, hardworking people trying to figure out what's inside these things. It's really difficult. 
You need the celery juice because the mineral salts are critical to restoring the lungs and knock down viruses and bacteria. You need the cucumbers, lots of cucumber juice. When somebody with COPD, they're on cucumber juice. If you're sitting there eating an egg and sausage breakfast, you're not going to get the cucumber juice in you. There's no way. And if you do do a cucumber juice after having an egg and sausage breakfast, what's going to happen is it's not going to help as much. So you want to go 100% plant-based. If it's too hard for you with COPD, I understand completely. Then keep your animal products to one a day. And start bringing in some avocado to try to offset it. Try to do some different things. I'd rather have you on quinoa. I'd rather have you on millet. I'd rather have you on oatmeal. I'd rather have you on things if it means it gets you kind of off more of the animal products with COPD. It's just one of those, it's one of those illnesses. It's one of those diseases, illnesses, dysfunctions, disorders. It's one of those where you have to have your blood fat a little bit lower or a lot lower so you, oxygen really gets into the bloodstream, helps you heal on all kinds of levels. It's a big deal. I've been able to reverse COPD in so many people and very easily. And there's different stages of COPD. It depends on what stage somebody's in too. You want to catch it earlier. You don't want to be in stage four, but you can still keep somebody in stage four alive and going if you do the right things. So you can keep somebody in stage four here on the planet alive. And that's what you want to do. Here's, here's, here's something that's really good. Spirits always used, used for people with COPD to help them is chop up fresh rosemary. You chop up fresh rosemary, throw it in your salads. You chop up fresh sage, fresh sage. Go to the store, get fresh sage leaves, chop it up, throw it in a salad. Go to the store, get fresh rosemary leaves, chop it up, throw it in the salad. Thyme tea. You start drinking the thyme tea that I have on the blog and in the books. That's really good for COPD. Thyme tea kills the strep that's in a lot of people's lungs that cause COPD. The younger people all have strep in their lungs. The people that are getting COPD and asthma, and they don't get diagnosed with COPD yet because they're just, they're just told they have asthma at the beginning. Those people in their 20s, that's, that's strep inside the lungs. Do the thyme tea. Vitamin C, lots of vitamin C. I would be doing a whole bunch of vitamin C every single day. Three, 4,000 milligrams every single day. 5,000 milligrams if you can. Coenzyme Q10, really good for restoring the lungs. ALA, that's alpha-lipoic acid, good to restore the lungs. N-acetylcysteine, that's good to restore the lungs. Talk to your doctor if you're on any medication, if you're going to do any of this stuff and interact with them. Make sure you talk to your doctor or practitioner. Um, zinc, zinc deficiencies are rampant. People with COPD, young and old, have zinc deficiencies. Make sure you're doing the right zinc. Go to my directory and get the right kinds of things. Don't get the wrong things. People, if people get wrong things, they don't heal and they don't know why. You got to get the right thing. Go to the directory. The, um, mullein leaf, that's a great one. You get a mullein leaf tincture. I got one on the directory. You just use it to, you know, send it down a little bit of mullein leaf every day. Lomatium root, great for the lungs. Mullein's great for the lungs. Lomatium root's great for the lungs. Nettle leaf, very good. Nettle leaf every single day, including nettle leaf tea. Olive leaf in a capsule is really amazing or just in, in liquid form. But nettle leaf tea, very important. Peppermint tea every single day you got to do. If you're somebody sensitive to garlic and onions, then just, you know, don't use them. But if you're not sensitive, you do garlic and onions. It helps move the mucus around so that the exchange of di carbon dioxide and oxygen occur. 
Hydration is important. Like I said before, you got the coconut water, you got the lemon water, you got, you know, and, and that's why I like melons. It's really good. That's a good one for people. Celery juice, incredible for COPD. What kind of foods can you eat? Like you can eat the sweet potatoes, the winter squash. It's a great one. So all the different delicata, sweet dumpling, a spaghetti squash, all the different squashes. You can get all that. Is If you're living off of butternut squash every single day, your, your COPD will improve, believe it or not. If you got your celery juices and you're living off of butternut squash, and sweet potatoes, your COPD will improve. You take the animal products products down because you want the fat down low. Even if you did avocados in between it all, your COPD will improve. So you want to have the right foods. If you have to move to grains, you do the, like I said, the quinoa and the millet and the oatmeal. If it's too hard to do all this, you go into hummus. Just do a little hummus. If you feel like you can hack a little bit of hummus, chickpeas, garbanzo bean hummus. You know, there's even low, there's no fat garbanzo bean hummuses out there. And there's low-fat you know, hummuses out there. You can use those. You can make your own where you only put a little bit of tahini in there or something like that or a little bit of olive oil in, inside there. Or you can make a hemp seed chickpea, hemp seed garbanzo bean hummus where you take garbanzo beans, you throw it in the blender, and you throw some hemp seeds in there. Now, I know, you know, I know you don't have to. And look, if you're somebody who wants to go plant-based, you don't want to do that. You don't have to have hummus. You can just go, you can go potatoes. Potatoes are even amazing for somebody with COPD. You do the celery juices in the morning. You do the fruit smoothies, maybe even the heavy metal detox. Then you move on to lunch. You have potatoes for lunch with a salad. You have some Yukon Golds. You have some red potatoes. You have some russet. You have some, um, you know, uh, some purple potatoes. Steam them up. Throw them on top of your salad for lunch. In the afternoon, you eat some apples. After that, you you know you have another celery juice or a cucumber juice. It would even be good. It's cucumber juice, maybe some coconut water. At the end of the night, have another salad. Maybe throw in two, one two avocados on top of your salad. Maybe have some butternut squash on there. Maybe have something like that. You can do that. You can do that and be one hundred percent plant based. And while you're plant based like that, you'll get higher oxygen levels in your blood because your fats will be lower. And then you'll be able to start getting your life back. <clears throat> Eventually, even doctors end up taking you off of medications once you start getting better. If you're stage one, stage two, stage three uh, COPD. If you're stage four, depending on what's going on and all that you're up against and, and everything else, it, it could at least keep you there. And maybe even reverse it a little bit. I have reversed stage four COPD in a lot of people where they've moved them to stage, you know, I moved them to stage three, moved them to stage two. So, you know, yeah. And you go to your practitioner, you say, I want to do all these things. So I'm, Bring all these things in if you can that I mentioned. I mentioned a lot. I threw a lot at you. But bring them all in. That's really important. Um, so listen, I love you guys. I hope we covered, you know, a decent amount of this to get through it. And uh, I stand behind you 100%. You know that. And look, you got me. I'm yours. I'm yours, all right? I'm yours. All right, I'm staying with you. I'm sticking with you. We're going to do this together. One show at a time. Let's just keep on doing this. Get the books because I, I can't cover what's in the books and the shows. All right, I love you. Take care. God bless you. All right, bye-bye.